Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I'm Tammy. I'm Michelle. I'm Gracie. And a hug is a gesture intended to convey a sense of care and support, safety, intimacy, and affection. And even though we can't wrap our arms around you, we want you to consider yourself hugged. You who are joining us may not know that these are my three children. So so I'm going to do it like the Brady Bunch, like Lindsay. I don't know how it's going to wait. Yeah. Wait that way. Lindsay. And can we do Jamie? Is that okay? Sure. (laughs) To the grown up world outside of me, he's James and Wade. (laughs) There we go. And Michael. (laughs) Michael, Lindsay, Jamie. And I don't know, do you all want to like tell anybody about yourselves? Do you want to just jump into our conversation? What do you want to do? I think intros are good. Why don't you tell, it's fun to listen to how you talk about us. Tell our stories. Okay, we'll go go youngest (laughs) to oldest. (laughs) Although if you've been listening or watching me for a long time, you probably feel like you know everything about them (laughs) because I'm respectful. But um, so Michael is youngest and he has moved around the country he's a wildlife biologist is that the best way to say it michael yeah yeah a wildlife biologist and he has lived in oh my gosh for short periods of time in kentucky in new mexico in san francisco in oklahoma what am i forgetting kansas Kansas. missouri oh missouri uh, and now flagstaff uh, arizona arizona yeah yeah so he works for the state of Arizona, his doing wildlife things, and his yeah. territory is the Grand Canyon area and Sedona and that beautiful place. Mm-hmm. How's that, Michael? Perfect. He's a baby. He's yeah. 30. <laughs> 31. One. Mm. <laughs> Lindsay has lived, she's done a lot of traveling too. She spent most of her younger life working in kid related areas she was going to be a teacher and decided against that so she went into she worked at kids camps in Catalina Island she worked on the biggest thing she did which if you follow me you know she worked for Disney Cruise Line for a number of years on the ship and then shoreside like in the offices as a I called you a youth liaison really kind of between the ships and the company she left them um shortly after the pandemic kind of closed down things changed a lot at disney cruise line so she left them she'd been living in orlando she hadn't lived home like all of you since since college and she moved back to nashville this year and now she's doing a ton of entrepreneurial stuff Mm. how's that yep oh and her boyfriend reed works for delta and he's now become a big part of our lives too and you're missing the most important part taylor Oh my gosh, <laughs> dog grandma. Good people know about do you realize this podcast is not just like just started today? Like everybody knows Sailor. Everybody knows a wonderful dog oh. mom. Just kidding. And my wonderful dog mom, <laughs> Lindsay, with my wonderful grand dog Sailor. And Jamie, who again, he's you know, something I love is that he doesn't make us call him James. Like, even mm-hmm. though as a grown, you know, adult man. He's James to people, but he's still Jamie to us. So Jamie has also lived all over the place. He went to college in DC and went into the political world. He worked for a campaign company, then Facebook. Then he did a couple of startups. 
He now lives in San Francisco and he is in a, a big startup that's based on AI. So I don't know if we'll keep the part, but his, his, what did it say? Will we allow his otter AI to join <laughs> Zoom? Which doesn't have anything to do with you listeners. We're not doing anything with, with your stuff. It has to do with us. So yeah, all exciting. Is that good? It's good. What are you saying that uh, we're we're not spying on the listeners? Yeah, we're not. The... <laughs> listeners and watchers, anything? No. So like if you're if you're in your kitchen right now cursing at <clears throat> the storm, we're not listening. We're not listening because <laughs> watching football or whatever you're doing because it's Sunday, <laughs> so all the football yeah. games are going on. So and I've shared this. What? I said it's the Lord's Day, or is it? Do you say the Lord's Day? The, the Lord, the Lord's Day. It's the Lord's Day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hello, you there? Can you hear us? Yeah, you? you just y'all just froze up for a second. Are we back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you. I've shared this already, but in case people haven't seen or heard that, I um. So here's what prompted this, and then we'll just jump into chatting, was I did a, a week-long professional development for teachers out in Houston and about mental health. And one of the teachers left and said, hey, do you have any podcast episodes about the effects of like our mental health as parents on our children? And I was like, no. I thought, oh, that would be great. So I asked my counselor, I said, hey, I think I'm going to do a a podcast episode where I asked my kids how my mental health affected them growing up. What do you think? And she goes, no. <laughs> but what she meant was she was like, why would you do that? You're basically saying, Hey, how, you know, what terrible things did I do to you growing up? But then she had a couple of suggestions, which were really good. And then it was Jamie who actually said, why don't we just talk about what it's like to be part of a family where we have all struggled, not just us, but other people, which are not here. So we wouldn't talk about them, but lots of people in our family have the struggle. So thank you, Jamie, for framing it that way. And I sent you guys a few thoughts because I like it for it to be just organic. Okay. So I'm not asking you to, to just like, you know, pile on me and say, oh my God, you are horrible. <laughs> but I mean, mental health struggles, like I pray for you all every single day. And the biggest thing that I pray for is your mental and emotional well-being. You know, like Michael, people, he's given me permission to talk about that. He has some physical issues. I mean, all of you have had physical issues. And although I worry about that, it, it's nothing compared to how I want you to feel like mentally and emotionally, because I know that pain is so big. So where do we start? Without me talking. The beginning? That, How's everyone feeling right now? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Should I not be feeling good? <laughs> yeah. Just a good, nice little vibe check. Uh, just a vibe check. Well, and what, what I didn't tell you, Jamie, I don't think is, and no one else knows, is when I, when I brought it up to, about doing this podcast, it's so funny because you paused and then you said, <clears throat> you said, well, I think because I presented it as talking about your lives because I had mental health issues and you paused and <clears throat> said, well, I think we'd have to make sure it was like a safe space and nobody got like, got their feelings hurt or got upset. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, my feelings, can... <laughs> but, but I'm fine. Uh, yeah, I don't. And I don't, I don't think we want to, or 
it would be even a good conversation to just be like yeah man like <clears throat> like what wrongs has mom done to us or something like that you know that, <clears throat> but but like you know we've our family has had a lot of challenges over a long period of time not and um and we all kind of inherit those in different ways and so we do it's not about you specifically or about any of us specifically it's just we are kind of this branch of this tree that isn't quite healthy in some places and so i think if we can acknowledge that you know and, and know that we're like I think doing pretty well carrying on something that uh, that hasn't necessarily been the greatest at times. That's a good way to put it, I think. And, you know, full disclosure, I hope, I mean, I don't think you all will mind if I say this, but during COVID, when we were all living together for quite some time, <laughs> um, you know, you and, or Jamie and Michael came to me with some things just in it. I did not respond well. You know, they talked to me about some things that had bothered them. And there was a reason that it came up. It wasn't like they just came into me in the kitchen and said, hey, we want to tell you some things that have, it wasn't that there were reasons. And as you all know, living through the pandemic, golly, the lockdown and, you know, there were blessings that came out of it, but there were things, right? And so mm -hmm. the two of them, you know, shared some things with me and I just lost my mind. And it was just mainly because you know, I, I guess in the back of my mind, I knew that, that I had been probably pretty emotional as you guys were growing up. I didn't really know how to control that. I didn't really know how to communicate. And so it was hard. It was hard to hear, but, but I'm in a place now where, you know, I want us to talk about our challenges again, not just about me, but about all of us. Um, but I will say, I do want to, I sent you a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Do you even remember, like Michael was just itty bitty, um, do you remember any of that? So the mental hospital stay was in 95. What, what are your earliest memories of, do you have memories of that time period or realizing that you had a mom who was struggling? I have oh, no memories. I was, was going to say, I, my memory is, I can't remember uh -oh. from like a month ago much. I really don't remember a lot from, I couldn't even tell you like my teacher's names. Like my memory is really bad. So I don't remember. No. no. I feel like my earliest memories are from like five, six, seven years old. I don't really. And there's stuff like vague stuff, but nothing related to the mental health stuff, I don't believe. But what do you mean by vague stuff? Oh, you know, you just like random memories you have of like I think I remember memories, you know, I yeah, you know, I had like bad like scalp problems when I was a kid, right? And like <laughs> you remember the time like my eyes like sealed shut yes. from like and I don't know that, I don't know how old I was then three or four but like stuff you like that you remember that I, yeah I remember that yeah, I remember this random because I was I felt like that was a traumatic experience for me I woke up and I couldn't open my <laughs> eyes because the whatever it was hmm we could certainly dissect that when it comes to yeah. like health related issues couldn't we <laughs> yeah yeah Gosh, certainly I didn't know that I mean yes yeah. you did you had those blocked tear ducts yeah like I remember yeah. stories like I remember but I don't know if it's that I remember it because we've talked about it or that I actually remember it like I remember when Sheena died and was run over yeah, I feel like I remember that. that but I don't know if it's because yeah. we talked about it 
Like, I feel like I remember Tina and dad. I remember that day vividly. And that dad backed up. And then I ran inside, like I, but I, again, I don't know if this was because we've talked about it since or if I actually remember it. Yeah. Do you we guys don't... remember the house burning down? Well, wait. No. <laughs> wait, I, remember. I, I don't want to leave people out just to make <laughs> yeah. sure they understand what, what they talked about with Sheena. She was our Cocker Spaniel and it was unfortunately Mother's Day and we were all outside. Sheena was running around and, and their dad went to go to the store and had no idea and yeah, ran over her and in front of all of us. It was, yeah, that was a difficult time. Yeah, it was. And then the house. Again, I remember, I feel like I remember, but I just don't know if it's because we've talked about it or I've seen things, you know, like I <laughs> the house. Well, you were, I was um, Michael was just two. So you were not even four, two, four and six. So Jamie, you would probably have the most memories of that. So I remember it so vividly. I was just thinking about it yesterday, like the um, standing outside neighbors in their underwear. Do you cold. remember that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking it about was, the fire. Was, okay. Well, now, yeah. wait a minute. You have yeah. to clarify what you mean by standing outside with neighbors in their underwear. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, when, when I was, what, like six days before Christmas? Is that the? Three. Three. Oh, wow. Um, off by half. Um, so three days before Christmas, when I was six, so that must have been 1994, mm -hmm. um, our house burned to the ground. And I think the only reason that in any of us of are alive night. here, in the middle of the night, and the only reason any of us are alive is because uh, our, the smoke detectors did not work. Uh, but Michael woke up and started crying. Uh, and uh, uh, thankfully, uh, we're still here. But yeah, that that's one of my, probably my earliest I have an earlier member than that, but that's a very strong, uh, strong, strong, and many earlier members than that, but that's strong for one. sure. Yeah. yeah. And and the neighbors in the underwear, sorry, I'm still going to clarify the neighbors. It was, <laughs> it was our neighbors, we actually saw the, the fire, you know, it started in the attic with the wood burning stove. And so they saw it and he, he was banging on our door and trying to to get us to wake up so yeah it was like 30 degrees and he just bolted out of his house we had good neighbors. <laughs> yeah so we lost mm -hmm. everything but like I don't you know as, as we're talking about like mental health and things I don't look back on that as causing me any trauma I really don't what about I mean any of you I mean I'm sure it had I just don't think of it as a traumatic event even though it was but it hasn't had any lasting effects I remember more of like what the community did or like I, again, I, articles, whatever, but I remember, I mean, to this day, granny still has the baby doll that I was given by mm -hmm. somebody that has one spot of hair and we use it as baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> like, granny, remember the two, the girl had two baby dolls. She gave me one. She kept one. It has one little spout of hair that comes out of the top of its head. It's like a cloth doll with a plastic head and then yeah we granny uses it as baby jesus every year that i didn't know <laughs> okay. that's funny i yeah I, I think i mostly look at it positively um i was thinking yesterday when i was working on my project um it asked me if i had made the connection between the fact that like i probably wouldn't have joined the gifted program I mean I definitely wouldn't have at Nanny Berry I don't know if they had that at the other but it's like totally changed 
my life in terms of putting me with like a different set of people, you know? So there's like all these, because we moved because we moved. Yeah. So there's all these like downstream effects of these types of things that you would have been a Gene Brown. Yeah. It was like a newer school, you know, maybe not, not anybody was a pretty good school, you know, that we Mm -hmm. went to. And, um, and so like Lindsay mentioned the, the community response and, I think that that Christmas that we spent with uh, at our grandmother's place was living uh, was, there. I have really, yeah, I have really fond memories of that. And so, you know, there's all these positive things sometimes that come out of the the darkness. I talk about that story fairly often, not in detail, but I think Lindsay, you hit the nail on the head when it what has stayed with us more was just the community and their dad is a police officer, was a police officer. And it was, you know, 1994, there wasn't like Facebook or anything like that. So people would hear it on the radio and they interviewed us on the, on like television news. And people would be like driving through on the way to a family's house for the holidays. And they would like stop by our house and drop off clothes. We had to rent a 10 by 10, like U-Haul storage place to put all of the stuff that people gave us. So it's pretty amazing, but it really does, you know, when you think about how we respond to things in mental health, um, you know, Tim, my husband, their stepdad, his sister was involved in, they lived in Paradise, California back in 2017, maybe when the, the town just burned to the ground and they, they lost everything, but they reacted. It was a very different thing for them. And it, it did elicit like a PTSD kind of response. Now it may have been that you guys were young but it is interesting how maybe the the situation the circumstances surrounding it will influence how much it mm. affects you, you know, as you go forward in your life. Yeah, imagine that whole town burning down. I mean, like there wasn't a community to surround those people because everybody was experiencing the same thing. Right. Right. I can't imagine. I I think one of the things that this discussion because i think this is the most in-depth discussion we've ever had about this event at least among the four of us mm-hmm. um, yeah and it's like really important to talk about these things to make sense of them because i'm sure that there are ways i mean we're deeply affected by this event in ways that we'll never know you know so there are ways that like that event perhaps impacted our sense of stability and security and our ability to uh, you know, feel grounded as an example, even at the same time as it elicited all of these really positive, amazing things. And so I, yeah. I think that in, we, we have, as a family, I think not until recently, I think been in a place where we could have these types of discussions. Um, and, yeah. and I think they're really important because I think as I, at least in my own journey, you know, as I start to through therapy and other things start to really dive more deeply into things in the past i'm like oh wow that's really unexplored and so that exploration is like really important to help understand why we are the way that we are right now for good and for bad right 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 yeah i think you're right i mean i'm sure things like that have maybe maybe the thing that i should have said it maybe not that it didn't have effects but that it's not a trigger it's not like like i don't it's not a trigger like if something like I don't lose sleep or if I hear a fire engine or if I, at Christmas time, I will still put up a Christmas tree. I mm-hmm. I wouldn't have a wood burning stove. Yeah. 
that's not going to happen, but you know, yeah. Other than that. One, you know, on the, on the stability and security side, it's also like, it, it's just, everything has two sides, right? It's like, I, I think probably we're all more resilient. We probably have a greater belief that, you know, if things go really poorly, uh, that, that there's going to be like some type of light at the end of the tunnel, you know, like that, that that's an experience that it's just a very severe experience. It impacts your expectation of the world around you. I think in a lot of ways that are probably hard to parse out. Yeah, that's true. And we've all been through, <clears throat> I think we've all been through a lot of experiences, you know, that if you guys haven't really had stability necessarily for a long time, you know, just sort of being here and there and figuring out your life and growing and changing. Um, but I didn't, you know, we shared a couple of questions with, with each other via text or a couple of ideas, but I mean, what do you, what do you want to help sh share for people who are listening about being in <clears throat> a family that just, and you're right, it's genetics, it's experiences that we've had, it's choices that we made. Um, what do you want to share with everybody? Well, maybe it's helpful to talk about like I said, really abstractly, like we come from a family that has had a lot of challenges. Like, what are those challenges? What are what what are we playing with? What's the what's the deck we've been handed? Yeah, that's true. I want to talk about that. I also don't want to be too story directed, where we feel like we're people will be left out. You know what I mean? I don't. I want. I want. I want our watchers and listeners to hear things that will also allow them to think, you know, about their own lives. Um, Lindsay, do you have anything you want to, well, let me, let me ask this question because yes, we've, we've all been through, through things, which I would, gosh, now I'm thinking I would love to just do a whole season with us and just talk about, <laughs> you know, things that have gone on. Um, <clears throat> but what do you feel? And I'll start are the things that you've battled with the most and how do you think it's been influenced or affected us as a family? I mean, as you all know, growing up with, you know, all the things and the traumas and things from my childhood um, and then just escalating to the point where my anxiety was so bad. Michael, I think you wrote, like, when did I choose to get help? Yeah. Did you ask me that? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it was really a choice. I never, so I was 30 when that hospitalization happened. And prior to that, I didn't really do counseling. I didn't really do anything because I never, you know, Nana, my mom had been on every antidepressant there was for years. So I was probably like, well, I'm not doing that. You know, like that's just, you need to just, I probably was a just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and just figure it out. But it got so bad. You know, I, I had this terrible student teaching experience and I did go see a counselor, which you all probably know. You've probably heard this story. It's someone that you saw too, Jamie. Do you remember this? Yeah. And, but his advice to me was, this is about a job. Then don't take the job because I was losing my mind about taking this teaching job. I was just terrified. So that was my first real experience with a counselor. And then it just went downhill from then. So the decision wasn't, 
I mean, I did have a choice. They didn't commit me involuntarily, but I, for weeks, I didn't like get out of bed. I didn't really take care of you guys. I didn't, I mean, I lost like 15 pounds. I didn't, I mean, I just was in complete, utter panic for, for about two weeks. And they took me, your dad took me back and forth to the doctor a couple of times. And finally they're like, we, she needs more help than we can give her. And so it was, you know, anxiety and fear and panic and, but I know it definitely influenced you guys. You may not remember it all, but it did. So that's kind of my little Mm. pathway. That was a different time too. Like, Mm. I feel like the knowledge that we have, although it's still not the best, but, oh, do you hear that? What was (laughs) it? Thunder. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. To hear yeah, it through storm- your. Yeah. It's been storming um, these past few days. Wow. That was the first crack of thunder I've heard. It's uh, funny but- because you, you think yeah. of Flagstaff, you think of it in my head. Sometimes it's almost like Southern California, like it never rains. Like it's just yeah. gloriously beautiful. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Now I've had some storms rolling through. Um, but no, yeah, I just wanted to say, I can't imagine in like 19 early 90s mm-hmm. mid 90s yeah well i have a counselor say something like that it's kind of just insane um yeah. wasn't I'm helpful sure that, sure that happens nowadays but the resources i feel like it's more accessible nowadays so kind of can't even imagine well it is and of course you know the stigma is getting better for mm-hmm. sure but even when i went got out and did some healing and then i taught for the first three years two or three years. I'm not really sure exactly, but I mean, I was, I was on antidepressants for my anxiety, which I am now too. It's Mm. part right now. It's part of my journey. But at that point I was still taking clonopin. You guys might not know this, but there would be days when I would get up. And this one particular day, I remember I got up and I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so I took a clonopin and then I got in the car and I left. And your dad was like, I mean, I left and I was back probably within 20, 30 minutes. And that for during that time period, you know, clonopin is something that can help people who have massive panic attacks because I was like, I can't do it. Um, But I didn't tell anybody, you know, like you said, Michael, it was like, I would just sit in my teacher closet and just panic and cry or whatever, but I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Because who are you going to talk to? in the nineties. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that you all have had, you know, experiences that are that bad that I know of, but I know you've all struggled with, with some anxiety. Oh, I mean, I, I guess I can go. I mean, I've, I've been anxious for as long as I can remember. Hmm. Um, just always been a, a, a constant um and just just around you know j- just your normal stuff like i don't think i'm particularly worried about school and like in, in high school and stuff but um relationships and confidence and um just trying to like understand like who i was as a person that's kind of just been yeah. a, a constant throughout life and then um, you know, you had that mentality. I mean, like we had that conversation about the 12th and 90s. And I mean, even today, it's kind of 
not as bad, but it's still taboo to talk about. Um, I feel to to certain people. Um, and even getting access these days can be difficult. Like I haven't been seeing, I haven't seen a therapist since I left New Mexico. Um, and I, I looked at better help the other day and it was like, I don't know, 400 bucks for a month. I'm like, I can't really afford that right now. Um, with, with this job I have and I'm pretty sure my job provides like X amount of visits for years for maybe like 20 bucks a session. And, you know, looking at it, I've just, just looking at the profiles. You look at it, I was like, I don't really feel like I'd connect with any of these folks. Looking at the counselor profiles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until it was, I mean, when would that have been? It would have been 2019. So I was 20. How does, you, how does math work? I was I was 27. Yeah. Then I first started to see a, a therapist. Mm-hmm. And that was when I moved to San Francisco to live with Jamie. And that's kind of where I was really like the first time I was because like constantly having that anxiety. I never had panic attacks at that point, but it was like, yeah, the mentality is like, yeah, people have it worse than me. And like I'm mm-hmm. overthinking it. Like there's nothing yeah. wrong. You were thinking that somebody didn't yeah. say that to you. Right? No, no, no. I think that was, that was all internal. That was just like, you know, it was one of those things. It was like, if I get this thing, if I accomplish this thing in my life, everything will be good, fine. Everything's, you know, never going to be anxious again. And you know, still have some of that. It's like you, you have these goalposts and then when you get to the goalpost, you move the goalpost and then it's right. a vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until, yeah. 27 i finally decided you know it just was happenstance i met somebody and um they happened to be a a, a therapist and um in san was, francisco yeah yeah um and talked to him for it was like a couple of years unfortunately i had to stop talking with him because he's only licensed in california and covid yeah yeah he he we were able to talk some when I was in New Mexico, but eventually it was like, I, you, you're going to have to find somebody. Um, so yeah, talked to somebody in New Mexico for, I don't know, around a year. Um, and then, yeah, since I moved here, I haven't been talking to anybody. Uh, like to figure it out, but you know. Did you find those helpful? Was there anything in particular that came out that's been really pivotal for you or helpful um i think the biggest thing is just being able to to express yourself in the anxieties and um you know things you're going on in your life to a person that's at least in my experience a couple people there was no judgment you know they they were always open and listening and i would you know i think that was the biggest part um you know they would definitely provide some Mm -hmm. feedback that i found useful but i think the biggest thing was just i was able to not keep those thoughts in my head and just stew on them and just be able to get them out there to to somebody i think that's one of the bigger parts is just sitting there it's just having a a circle of people or at least a people yeah one people two people that yeah it's going to be there for you and I think, I don't know, it's being able to talk to that, like, kind of not involved third party is, is helpful as well. Yeah. 
Um, because you know, when you talk to your friends, you talk to your family, there's um bias there, I guess, for like a better word. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, they're more likely to tell you what you want to hear, I guess. <laughs> mm, Sometimes. Yeah, I think it depends on the family, you know, yeah. or the family member. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably always going to be the, not not necessarily telling you what you want to hear, but just I'm always going to be your advocate, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you're so. Uh, and and yeah, and then I started having panic attacks starting I don't know what was it, a year ago because the health stuff. I feel like it was maybe a little longer years, than that, but maybe two years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah I started having that. health issues, and I'm still trying to tackle and. That with a combination of my where I was in my life was not a good mix and just having panic attacks pretty regularly for a while. But it's been, I don't know, six months since the last time I had one. It's been better. It's like since I moved here, it's been better. So that, I mean, situational things can make a difference. Genetics, yeah. situational things, you know, choices, friends, family. Mm-hmm. well i'm glad you Thanks are where lot. you are me too yeah what about you lens sorry i had to mute it to say Lars barking i heard well he was outside but then we let him inside because he was crying out there oh. um yeah i don't know i feel like i haven't dealt with anxiety as bad maybe as a lot of people in our family, I do. I mean, I have dealt with it and I think COVID definitely didn't help. Um, yeah, that was the first time I, or the only time I, I did get on SSRIs and I think what I took them for maybe a month, maybe two. And then I realized it wasn't really, I think mine was very situational and it was like, because of the situation we were in, we were all in one house. We were all, <laughs> you know, it was four grown, five grown adults, two 90 pound golden retrievers and mm. all. We had Roxy. Them. Oh, and, and Roxy. Roxy was just so they're a little 15 pound dog. Yeah. Mm. So and I then we had Jay here. for a while. Sorry. We, what? Then we had Jay for a while. We had Jay for about Lindsay's a month. Friend. Yeah. yeah. We had a lot so, of people. There's a lot yeah. of bodies in that house. And I think that was the, again, I think it was more situational for me. Um, and then it got better when I went back to Florida. Um, but then it just got worse <clears throat> with my job, with everything. So that's when I actually started. And Michael, uh, <clears throat> I actually did, I didn't do better help, but I did talk space and my company offered, I think it was 10 free sessions a year through a, a resource called EAP. Um, so I yeah. did that. And then I was actually told I, I, I went through, I think two or three different counselors. And then I finally stuck with her, the last one. And after my 10th session or during it, she just told me that if you call EAP, they will grant you more. So if you need more, they can do that. But mm -hmm. just, you know, but, uh, and then I ended up leaving my job and all the things. And so I feel like my anxiety, it was definitely stemming from work. It was stemming from being unhappy and, not knowing how to, I'm very, I'm not great at communication, I think is a big struggle I have and whether it's in personal life, professional life. And so I think it was tough for me because I was trying to fight for something, but I didn't feel like I could fight or I felt like I was 
fighting but to no end and I couldn't fight for myself I guess so well um, by the way you did a great job on your communication with that I tried I'm concerned but mm-hmm. I was very like overwhelmed and I think that again like maybe fighting for myself or public speaking or something like those are where my anxiety stem or come out in I guess mm. of speaking my mind <laughs> I'd say that. Uh. That one's hard. I've definitely grown. Like when I was younger, I used to be a, I feel like I was a doormat for friends. Remember I had friends that would just treat me poorly. I mean, even growing up, I had friends that treated me poorly, but. Do you think it's the, my lack of, I don't like confrontation. I don't like, I just want everyone to get along and be happy. And, and I get over, I think I get overwhelmed or overstimulated when there's like confrontation and I have to like Mm -hmm. be in that moment of. I just forget words and I don't know how to like fight for myself. And I just, you know, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, personal, professional, everything. So it's, I'm, and Jamie will, he'll chime in in here a minute too, but we've talked about a little bit of that with him, you know, about sort of working through that speaking up. And, and I do think that partly has to do with you know, you're growing up. And I know one thing for sure, because, you know, the boys, you both kind of talked about it, but I've really thought more about it since we've had those conversations, you know, Nana and my family, it was, so it was my sister who's a year older than me and me, and then mom and dad, well, then mom and dad split and mom, Nana fell apart and we wound up basically taking care of her. But the way we were raised was, Everybody needed to be happy. Everybody needed to love one another. And you never spoke up against each other. Like you never spoke the truth. You never. And so I know that I imposed some of that. No, it was different though. I think the way that I did it might've, as I think through was I took that and that meaning let's everybody be nice. You know, don't get upset with your brother don't get upset with your sister and definitely don't get upset with me. And so like, if you all got up, Michael, stop nodding your head. I'm gonna <laughs> do that and just like smack you. But it was like, definitely don't tell me when you're mad. You're not allowed to be mad. You just need to be, I, I know. I mean, you know, I know. And I sure wish I could go back and change that. But I know that that's influenced um, for all three of you sort of that lack of ability to like speak up because you weren't really taught that that was okay. You know? Well, I think these are like, I've just been thinking a lot lately about like generational stuff, you know, it's just like, yeah, we, these are things that you like, they get passed on and they get passed on and they get passed on and their ideas and thoughts. And, and so Nana didn't know that no Um, and you know and and you know it doesn't feel like maybe i i don't you know the further you go back it's like harder to understand like what drove those sorts of things and i think now doing something like this even think about like when we have children and like having we're recording this right now you know having just to be able to like have a record to say oh okay that that's the way that that was that's why this just having that information because then you can just be like like how on earth could I be upset at you for not teaching something me something that you didn't know that is a 
that's like a crazy thing to to think about, you know? And so it's like, you talk about what it was like when you were growing up and those, those are the things that you knew and, yeah. and you passed on the things that you know. And now by doing this work, we get to pass on different things. So I think it's like, you know, it's really, it's like the, it's just like the Lakota proverb, when a person is healed, they're healed seven generations backwards and seven generations forwards. Because we get to be the, we get to stop and examine those things. And it's, and it's like what Jesus was saying, right? It's like, okay, just drop it. You don't have to do that anymore. You can do something different. Yes. Yes. I think the hard part for us or for you is sort of being in this transition of not passing on those things because it takes a lot of work for you all, like seeing those and me modeling that behavior for your whole lives to then change that. You know, you have to commit to deciding to do that. I mean, I hope you've seen some changes in me, you know, over the years. Um, I've tried so hard. I, had, hmm? I do see that. We all see that. Mm -hmm. But even, even for me, and I have to tell you a real turning point for me, believe it or not. I mean, the mental hospital, of course, and therapy. And for me, it was God, you know, and Jesus and spirituality and all of that was part of it. But a big part of it, as far as the action of it was when I started, when I left teaching and I started teaching, you remember the seminar days, all of you remember that, right? When I was mm -hmm. on the road, you were all teenagers by that point, but, and, and <clears throat> I had to sell these books. And so I had to sell power phrases and life scripts, and I had to sell these books in the back of the room. And so I read them and I started realizing that I could like speak up and have conversations and not be angry and be confident. Even if I was scared to death on the inside and paddling like a duck that I could now I'm not saying it's easy and I don't do it all the time, but every time I do it and my world doesn't blow up in front of me, I'm like, okay, I can do this, you know, and I know that y'all can do it too, but it's, you know, I wonder what it, do you ever wonder what it would have been like to be in a different family who didn't, I mean, do you, I don't know if you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but did you ever like grow up thinking, oh, I wish I was in a part of a family that was like that. And by that, I don't have anything in mind. I don't think I, I don't think I have like a lot of examples to know that things could be different. Well, but I mean, like if you had friends and you were over at their, not if you had friends, friends that you had and you would be with them or be at their homes and just think, huh. I, I mean, at least speaking for myself, I had, you know, just a, a couple of friends that I spent a lot of time with as a kid. And, you know, they, I don't, I don't recall any of them really having traditional families. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, I feel like every friend that I hung around, they all had their own thing. Like yeah. whether they might speak up more, but then they were all screaming at each other all the time or, you know, like there was, so there wasn't like a, it wasn't like, oh, I wish I was doing that instead of mm -hmm. not speaking up. Cause it was just, I mean, I think like going back to what Michael said, mental health was so different back then for everyone, not just our family. So I think looking at it and you hear a lot now of people and I, I mean, even just being on TikTok or being, you see all these people just 
saying, you know, all this trauma from their past, from their, from their childhood. And, and kind of like Jamie said, how do you get mad at being raised in a way that they, that was what you, they knew at that time. And so I think like that all intertwines. It's like, yeah, you were taught this because your mom had bad mental health and then it just got passed down to you. And then you, in a different way, pass it down. And so it's just kind of all being passed down, but it's because mental health is continuously getting better. So it's getting better as we go. But looking back, it's like not there yet. Everyone had their own mental health. Like you said, you know, I had friends that their parent, they all just yelled at each other all the time, you know, and I don't think that that was us. I mean, me and Jamie might've yelled at each other, <laughs> but you know, I don't, I don't recall our whole family just yelling and screaming all the time. Like if anything, we were quiet when we were mad, yeah. you know, but it's all different of how people handled it or had their mental health or. That's funny. Yeah. I, I just shared this story the other day and it's not exactly this, but I will never forget when texting was new and you and Lindsay's friend, Chelsea, we went on college visits. So we drove to like Chattanooga. I think we did, I don't know. We did a couple of visits and it was just a day trip. So it was night when we were driving back and Lindsay and Chelsea are sitting in the back seat and I thought they were asleep. And when we get home and Lindsay was like, oh my gosh, we had the worst fight or something like that. I was like, what are you talking about? They were texting each other. They were just like mad <laughs> sitting right there in the back seat. I'm but I'm thinking if you had to actually talk, would you all have, you know, you probably would have, you know, had an argument or worked it out. I don't know. But again, I don't even really remember fighting with my friends. Like, I know we did. We all had, <laughs> I know like. And me and Mindy fought, but again, when me and Mindy would fight, it Mindy would be is Mindy, Mindy is one of the yes of our blended family of eight. Yes. Mindy's yeah. And there's you know, nothing we laugh about it now, but we think back and it was like we had a TV, one TV and one computer, and we shared a room. <laughs> if I was on the computer and she was watching TV, I'd be mad because I would want to be want to watch some TV, mm. or she'd be mad because she wouldn't be on the computer. But we wouldn't say <laughs> anything. We'd just be mad at each other and we'd sit there in silence. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny when we blended this family and they're all basically the same age, you know, so close. So seven, seven of the kids we blended in before the, the wedding and everything. Everybody was so excited, you know, because we spent a lot of time together. We knew and everybody was and then we all moved I was in and sleep over every night. What? I was so excited to sleep over every <laughs> night. <laughs> Yeah. Cause it was, it was like, Oh, you know, we're together a lot. So this is going to be great. And then when, <laughs> which, you know, I hope you all feel like it was still a, a great to be a part of that, you know, to be a part of this big family, but it has its challenges. Yeah. A lot of people, well, I, I mean, they, I have good memories. Yeah. Go ahead, Jamie. Good, uh, good memories for sure. Obviously then with, with, you know, um, with, with the the other side of the family like they had been through just a hell yeah and so you know we like i i think considering you know i i, I just think about tim selflessness all the time for disrupting his life and kind of going through all that he went through to adopt them but then when considering considering just like how much like how much pressure I guess there was in that situation or house it I, I think we did pretty well you know I think we like 
we like went to Disney and played video games together and um, you know there were fights for sure but like I, I think generally my my memory is of spending time with uh with the, the other kids was were really good you know especially um just considering how many dynamics there were in, in that situation yeah I can't believe it's been 20 years despite that reunion episode <laughs> we do need we do need to have like Good. a big thing have everyone on down at down at Orange Lake. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Zoom, but yeah. Oh, Zoom. <laughs> Lindsay, you think small. <laughs> you have small dreams. I think that I just have Orlando and I start twitching. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of we'll go to Orange. They have other locations, right? Outside of Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you looked up. That was so cute. Did you remember she was up there? Who? You looked up when you were talking to Lindsay. She's above oh, no. you on the Zoom screen. Oh, no. no. <laughs> yeah. It's really coming down outside. I was just looking up there. Well, let's let's finish up on just, I guess, if I had a final question to ask you, it would kind of be a three-parter, but you can answer any part that you want. What is the most difficult thing you think just about being part of a family with mental health challenges and what advice would you give to maybe a parent or you know, someone in that family who might, it doesn't have to be epic. And then what do you think, like, what are the positives of it? Like, what have you learned from it? How has it helped you to grow? Um, that's what I would want to hear. Jim, you haven't I'll talked start. Yeah. I just realized my phone was rose gold. I didn't notice that before. Um, <laughs> Squirrel. Uh, I, I just got a new one. Yeah. Um, because all of them broke but uh how many phones have you gone through <laughs> well, that that i i i bought that phone i'll have you know <laughs> during the pandemic because the bluetooth sensor on the old one broke and that oh. one was three years old so i actually am uh i'm doing pretty well on phones wow it says the one I, jamie you weren't on yet it says the one that has a broken phone right now michael <laughs> that's yeah. the first phone and, i ever broke like that yeah and I didn't lose this other phone. It's just, it was starting to like, the Bluetooth sensor was broken, whatever. And oh. uh, I had an extra phone. Planned obsolescence. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think the, the biggest and most important thing is that we all like have a set of tools that we, we've been given, that we've developed, that we've learned to like navigate life. And when you're in a family that like, hasn't really had a great transmission of those tools then when you like have goals that are different than each other you're, you're having trouble communicating those goals or um you, you they're just challenging things that's happening in life you don't have the right tools to like navigate those things together and so um it's gonna be really bumpy you know it's like if i think about you know the the probably the two times in the past the two times in my life I think that I've upset you the most mom were the the times where I was but they were both in the past five years and they were both times where I was really inelegantly trying to express something that that was on my mind the first time was talking about my psychedelic use uh, and the second time was the the time that me and Michael talked to you about um uh, how we felt about some parts of childhood and it's like I was thinking about that yesterday. Do I regret either of those things? Absolutely not. Do I regret the the way that I handled them? 
well, I don't know. Those are the tools that I had to handle them at the past, but I'm I'm happy that we moved towards some greater truth. And I'm happy that that we were able to move past it and heal from it. And and so I guess the the takeaway that I would have is that like it's better to risk somebody getting hurt in the short term than by trying to be honest with them than uh like living completely different lives or like just drifting apart because you can't find a way to to express yourself and that's and that's going to be really painful at times but it's really worth it well thank you for that i mean that that takes a lot of things and puts it in a great way to look at it so yeah i agree thank you you michael yeah i guess kind of to, to play off what jamie said like you asked like what are the challenges of having grown up in these specific circumstances that we've been talking about yeah i mean it, it in certain aspects it was very challenging it was like navigating this these undiscovered landscapes at a, to a certain extent on your own just trying to figure out how certain things in life work um and in this house where we might have not communicated well enough you know i didn't have the confidence to be like come up to you know our dad you tim and and be like i have this challenge um that i i can't figure it out there was one time where it just boiled over because it was so bad if you remember the the interaction you know with a girl in seven high school i don't want to name names but you know where somebody was threatening to to beat me up and everything due to some girl and yeah i just at that time in my life i would anytime anything happened i just froze up i just froze and i couldn't talk um you know, it's better now. I'm, I'm I'm more open, but I just didn't feel like I had the the confidence or the ability to to do that, and I, that might have been born from just that those challenges. Um, so, I mean, I think the best advice is just like you just have to like you have to get that stuff out of there. If it's not with the family or whoever you're having struggles with, find somebody to talk to because years and years and years and years of that stuff, I mean, it takes years and years and years off your life, I think, to just constantly be in that perpetual state of anxiety, panic, whatever it might be. Um, you know, I'm, I still struggle with it, and I imagine it'll be a part of my life, you know, for the rest of my life, but it is possible to get to. A better space i think i mean i have been um and there was a third part to the question that i can't remember oh just if anything what anything positive or what you've learned that yeah i mean if anything i i think part of it you know, i've lived a pretty independent life um and made choices Ultimately, I think for my my happiness, um, you know, I've I've never been shy about not wanting to do something that doesn't make me happy. Um, and yeah, I just oh, I guess yeah, it's just kind of in some aspects that definitely made me independent. 
I'm sorry for all those things I've, you, you know, have gone through and under my hair. That's, I mean, that's okay. That's, that's, I mean, we've, we've talked about it in the past, but, you know, we're, moving forward i think jamie put it a lot more elegantly than i could have no well thank you thank you for opening up and Lindsay. yeah i think they've said a lot and i think when it comes down to it at the end of the day the communication i think in whatever way shape or form you can have that with your family need I think it needs to be there whether it's fine you know through a third party whether it's you know but like I kind of liked what Jamie said like if not that you ever want to hurt anybody but I think realizing that communicating with people can a lot of the times help in the long run even if it hurts in the short term um and that's something that took takes a lot of people a long time to learn whether it's confidence whether it's whatever it may be scared, you're scared. But I think if you are feeling like you can't communicate, you know, go seek some help. It's okay to seek help and to say that you need help. I think like we've talked about, it was so not known growing up and not in the past, like that wasn't really a thing, but now there are so many resources and, and if you can't afford it, you know, there are resources, resources out there that will help, but or that can, I do think that, you know, I wish that this country did better at that, but it's a whole nother topic, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, it's going in the right direction. So. Yeah. Well, thank you. And get a sailor. And get a dog, right? Yeah. Yes. Got to move first. He makes me cry and laugh. So <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes within like 30 seconds. So, you yeah. know, those two emotions. Yesterday he stared at a wall for 30 minutes and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. So well, he may need some counseling. He needs, yeah. Dog counseling. <laughs> well, thank you all for, you know, thank you for doing this. I mean, those conversations are not always easy, but you know, my my take and spend for for you who's watching, for you who's listening, that no matter whether your mental health struggles are just you, it's generational it's your family it's your parent it's your child it's your sibling whatever it is there is no shame in asking for help there is no shame in building your toolbox in whatever way it looks for you in the moment you know i'm completely transparent in that right now for me it's counseling it's medication it's long walks outside, it's meditation, it's learning new skills, it's all of those things because COVID just, you know, it just changed my whole life and it's taken me a while to get back on track. So to be able to have this conversation with my children has been an honor and a blessing. You know, I certainly, you know, I don't know. People say, if you could go back, would you change anything? I don't really think that's a question that we can really answer, but. Absolutely not. (laughs) You know, but definitely, I I certainly, you know, hate that that there's been pain. But I'm so glad that you're still part of my life, and that you always will be, and that you love me, and that I love you all so much. So thank love you. Love you too. Love you too, Mom. Your Zoom setup is just really top notch. <laughs> Thanks. Top are notch. you mock? Are you mocking me? 
No, it's like, oh. are, are you kidding? It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Do I see a New Mexico Zia above your head? What? A what? New Mexico Zia, like on the state flag. What's above your head there? Right there? Yeah. That's my certification in mental health first aid as an instructor. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks I need like to get a, a I need to get a frame. No, I think it just looks that way. Yeah. So I don't know if you all know we do at the end. You don't. Is no this one. something new? I, I have don't you listen ever listened to one of my podcasts? I've used, I used to listen to your podcast for like months on end. When what I was living I when I was living in the van, I used to listen to it all the time. I'm touched. Yeah. <laughs> I'm touched. Well, <laughs> at the end, I say, and until next time. Consider oh yourself. yeah, right. You say right. with me, consider yeah, yourself. <laughs> okay. Touched. All right. So let's see how well we do with four of us. So until we're together next time, consider, consider yourself, yourself hugged. Hugged. <laughs> that wasn't too bad. Zoom is really hard to synchronize. Oh, it, yeah. it never will.